Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Dev Chen Symposium. I'm Yves Chen, and I'm Alex Severo. This is the place where interesting topics are discussed, ideas are examined, and culture are fused. All opinions are welcome, and we embrace beliefs from all walks of life, big or small. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Devchen Symposium. I hope you guys had a really amazing weekend.、Um, this week's we have a really interesting topic, which is food,、mm-hmm. and everyone loves about this topic. Yep. So we're gonna go ahead and compare and contrast the food cultural and also the specific food styles, restaurants, and a sort of other things. Yes.、Um, and we will mainly focus on New York City and Shanghai.、Mm-hmm. Yes. And particularly, we'll be looking at just the kind of foods you'll find in Shanghai versus New York. The kinds of cultures you'll find there, the kind of influences that help create the very distinctive cuisines that make up Shanghai and New York. Definitely, when I first arrived in New York City, okay, first of all, first year I was in Rochester.、Mm-hmm. Um, as you guys know, the food experience was not great over there. You know, in terms of like great American food or Western food in general, there are yes, a few restaurants, but like nothing, you know, very just eye-catching and eye-opening. So that was also another main reason I transferred to New York City.、Mm-hmm. I transferred to NYU, and of course, New York City have everything possible you can ever think of.、Um, you know, for Italian cuisines, American cuisines, and fusion cuisines, Korean cuisines, Chinese cuisines. Yeah, you can find a pr- pretty much everything here.、Mm-hmm. But for like the Chinese food in general, I mean, of course, it's nothing comparable to what I had back home. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I mean, I've always. Gotten used to Chinese cuisine in the United States, but the thing about Chinese cuisine in the United States, it's a very different nature. It's like Italian food in the United States. Yeah, it's prepared in a certain way.、Mm. It's different ingredients,、mm-hmm. and it's very much.、Uh, I want to say it's very heavy sort of foods. Hmm. Well, like the Chinese Chinese food could be very very heavy and even heavier than a lot of the Chinese food in America. Oh really? Yeah. I never really knew that. I always figured that、uh, Shanghai food. Was very much like dim sum, essentially. It's like a、no. whole bunch of different <laughs> like plates and cuisine, right? No, because Shanghai food is specifically Shanghai food,、mm-hmm. and dim sum is mainly coming from you know Guangzhou and also Hong Kong.、Ah, so people、okay. over there they will have like dim sum, which is the brunch style of Chinese cuisine, and then you have different little dishes, and you put everything together, really well presented. Of course, really tasty.、Mm-hmm. But for Shanghai cuisine, it's、uh, specifically just Shanghai cuisine. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I feel like people really get easy to misunderstand dim sum with a lot of different food styles、mm-hmm. in China. Definitely, definitely. Mm. So, what would you say is the quintessential dish for Shanghai, or it's the kind of dish that you'll see all the time in Shanghai that people would usually eat on a day-to-day basis? I think it depends because Shanghai there are a lot of populations from all over the country,、mm-hmm. and there are、um, you know people who grow up in a different like province but move to Shanghai, and the traditional traditional Shanghai food are a little bit sweet.、Mm. They are not that heavy compared to food in Sichuan or Chengdu, like those hot pot and then very heavy food.、Um, so they're like more leaning towards the, you know, south part of China, and it's clean, and then it's more close to the river, and everything is very focused on the raw ingredients.、Mm. So the chef, their main purpose is to basically communicate the best and the most original flavor from the fish. From the vegetable, from the chicken, from the meat, 
mm-hmm. you know, to, to do not add some a lot of extra seasoning or ingredients, but really manifest the original flavor to the great extent.、Mm, interesting. Yeah, I definitely think that's. It definitely sounds like it's a lot more organic cooking from what you're, you're describing, but with the sweetness in Shanghai cuisine, I think New York. And if you're going to compare it to New York, New York definitely has a sweeter aspects, but those are mostly reserved for dessert, so to say. For the most part, New York cuisine is so much all around, like different cultures and everything, that depending on the culture, that determines the taste of the food. Sometimes you have sweeter, sometimes you have something that's more salty, sometimes something's more savory, but it's really just a wide range and a wide mix of things. I remember when I was at NYU in freshman year. And pretty much throughout my time at NYU, I would always go to McDougal Street, and they would have、mm. Ethiopian food. They would have a New Orleans style restaurant until that got closed down. They would have,、uh, I think, it was something called Mighty Bowl, where you would have、uh, a sample、yeah. of like Southeast Asian rice bowls, I think, and、mm-hmm. Italian food. They even had a Michelin star restaurant right on that street. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. That street is literally our dining hall.、Mm-hmm. Because、um, every lunch, every dinner, I think a lot of NYU folks just flock to that、mm-hmm. street. Up to this date, I haven't tried every single thing on that street、mm-hmm. yet, because everything is always changing continuously.、Mm-hmm. Mm, but yeah, I will say that's like a very small snapshot of, you know, food coming from different cultures and different countries. Yeah, just a kind of like a、um, epitome of New York style as well. It's basically a. Place that a lot of different styles, food culture is coming along.、Mm, interesting. So, what are like、mm, the style that you really enjoy, or what are the restaurants or like the things in New York City that you really like? Ooh, that's a good question. I think the, one of my favorite places to go to was an Italian butchery called Fico's. It's right on Bleecker Street, and it is a wonderful sandwich place because they give you these thick. Sub sandwiches, and for anyone who's ever had an Italian sub sandwich, or sandwiches within New York, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just layered with capcolo, which is like a type of salami, with、uh, mozzarella and peppers, and you would have have this in a giant Italian bread roll, and that sandwich is very heavy. It's got a lot of fat, a lot of sodium. It's all those things that are completely bad for you. But it is so good, and it fills you up so much. I think one of those sandwiches lasted me about three or four days, or something to that effect. Wait, hold on. Are you serious?、Oh, yeah. One sandwich lasts you three to four days.、Mm-hmm. How? Because it's huge. It's literally like if I were to compare it, it's probably the size of your middle fingers to your thumbs in terms of its thickness. If you were to make that kind of a circle with your fingers, it's a very big sandwich. And what's the length? Uh, I would have to say it's about. Eight inches long, seven inches long. Eight inches long. Yeah. Wow. It's very big. It's a very big sandwich. Of course. That's crazy. Oh yeah. Of course, it's really expensive though. I think it's like fifteen dollars a sandwich or something like that. But it is so good though. So it's one thing I miss though, because I'm right now on the West Coast. But if I were to ever go back to New York, that's definitely one of the places I would try to hit up. I would definitely try to get food from. Yeah. I would say in New York City, Italian food is also very interesting to talk about because we have Little Italy, we have Italy, and then we have、mm-hmm. all different kind of Italian restaurants, you know, all over the city. And I personally、mm-hmm. just really, really like Italy. And of course, you know,、oh, it's、yeah. not necessarily traditional Italian food. 
um, not that authentic, but I think the level of fusion and also the interesting marketing and also the different style, different stands in the whole food market is very worth talking about. And whenever you go inside, you of course see um, like the seafood stand and the meat stand, meatball stand, and cheese, and also different ingredients, um, different pastas, different specific salamis and pet, like all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then it's very interesting to just go there, grab some, you know, eat lunch, or you can go there for grocery shopping, or you can go there for um, actually a dining experience. So overall, I think it's just very multi-perspective, and then it's mm-hmm. like a interesting place just to see and then you know for me discovering new ingredients new seasoning and then new cheese are biggest hobbies so i would say <laughs> that is one part of my museum in new york city and of course wow. like lower manhattan we have a uh, little italy mm-hmm. there are just so many restaurants and i think there are more authentic restaurants around the area in new york city in mm-hmm. terms of italian food but i would say okay. the pasta in new york and the pasta in italy comparatively i think the ones in italy they're like fresher and then lighter in general mm-hmm. what do you think yeah i think that's definitely true but of course in italy itself depending on the region that determines the type of quality of food because in many ways northern italy and southern italy were separated for the longest time northern italy had its own culture that was influenced by france by switzerland and a bunch of different factors Southern Italy was influenced more by the Mediterranean, Northern Africa, and Greece. Mm. And so the quality of the ingredients, the types of foods, also the types of uh, people that developed were entirely different. Yeah. And But if you were to compare like Northern Italian food, like the kind of stuff you would find in Venice or Padua, these are the places that I really spent some time in. And compared to the United States, it's exactly like what you said. It's very light. It almost feels like you're eating salad when you eat the pasta, even when you have like a cream sauce. That's not it's... true. <laughs> wow. Well, how great is still pasta? It's but yeah, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, it's just when you try the pasta here in the United States, it has a texture to it, and it's very dense. You can almost taste that it was like processed to a certain degree by some larger corporate entity or larger machination or something like that. Well, in Italy, it's like the fresh dough, fresh ingredients prepared in a certain way, almost right in front of your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It looks wonderful. There is actually a class called Food Identity that I took. And in that mm-hmm. class, it was so interesting. It's a class around it with food. And it infused cultural theories and sociology, psychology, anthropology, all that different aspect into it. And in terms of Italian food specifically, they were talking about when the first group of Italian immigrants first come to New York City, they really, really do stick to their protocol. Like they use Mm -hmm. olive oil for their pasta. In combat Mm -hmm. with people in America who use a lot of butter and a lot of cream (laughs) and then the Alfredo sauce is created by America and not Italians. Um, Yeah. yeah. So it's also, it's not only a food battle, but it's also a cultural battle. And then Mm -hmm. low-key, it's to country's battle um the same applied to you know chinese immigrants and also like vietnamese immigrants so there are a lot of really interesting historical fun facts that you can search about in terms of immigrants and then the food in new york city in general Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i remember this uh, old story when i first started going to the saint joseph's church in uh, greenwich village there was a civil engineer that I met, or I think he was just like a mechanical engineer who was of Italian descent. 
And we were talking about like how to cook pasta and everything. And he says, the best way my mom always makes pasta and the best way I make pasta is season the water with salt, olive oil and all the stuff. Yes. And I, and I asked him, you actually season the water? And he just gave me such a wicked glare. And he's like nodding his head like, <laughs> yes, that is a must. You have to season the water. Yes, yes. So one thing for uh, somebody who really want to cook amazing pasta, the biggest tip from me, I mean, I cook pasta all the time. Put a tremendous amount of salt in the water and boil it. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it kind of like the softer. It will soften the pasta texture, and do mm-hmm. not boil the pasta into one hundred percent well down,、mm. because that's yeah. that will be overdone. And then I、yeah. think the Italians they will not. There's no way for them to. Do the pasta one hundred percent down. It's always、yeah. like you know a little bit thick, and then the best is there is one little rawness in the middle of the pasta. That's the best texture. Yeah, al dente. I think the word is called. Yes. Now, there's one question I wanted to ask about、uh, Shanghai cuisine. Because、mm-hmm. in Italian cultures, a lot of the food, a lot to the cuisine is very much home based. So it's like you cook it as a family, you eat as a family. So it's very family centric.、Mm. Would you find the same thing is true in Shanghai cuisine in terms of like preparing the food, cooking, and then eating it as a family together? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think in China, like the Chinese food in general, it's made for sharing. So that's the reason that、um, we put a lot of the plates and different food in the middle of the table, and then whoever、mm. wants it just grab one bite by one bite.、Ah. So. Yeah, necessarily we don't have a sharing plate, so、um, it's most likely you have your own plate for your own. But you just grab whatever the ten dishes in the middle of the table, and it's made for、mm. sharing. And then、oh. upon that, the efficacy also come upon. We have a lot of the round table. So、mm-hmm. whenever there's a big festival or somebody have its anniversaries or like homewarming party, whatever, there will be this great big round table. With twelve or ten different dishes, and then this table can rotate, so it's easier、mm-hmm. for everyone, you know, on the table to grab the food as they wish. Interesting. Versus like in America, I feel in general it just a lot of dishes are done, and then you just、mm-hmm. go into each dishes with your individual plate, and you just grab whatever whatever you want, right? And、mm-hmm. then you bring that plate into the table, and then you eat. But yeah, it's like buffet style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. But I think,、oh. um, yes, to your question, Shanghainese also do that.、Um, it's very family driven. A lot of the mom and grandma, of course, father, my my dad cook a lot. You know, they <laughs> will bring really amazing food and put it in the middle of the table, and it's meant for sharing for everyone. Interesting. So, what would be the favorite, your favorite dish that your father would use to cook, or? That you used to eat all the time in Shanghai. That's the one dish that would sort of sustain Eve through her early years、mm. before she came to the United States. Yeah, very good question. I will say it's like stewed beef. It's the best、mm. from my dad. I wouldn't、really? necessarily classify as a one hundred percent Shanghainese cuisine dish,、mm-hmm. but it's first of all, it's like beef being stewed for like over ten hours. Oh, so、wow. one of my major hobbies for my dad is to, because he's only off on Sunday,、mm-hmm. and what he do on Sunday is、um, buy food, more material, cook, cook the dinner, cook the lunch, and then chill with family. That's basically what we do every Sunday. 
So he、mm. will bought the beef, and he really knows a lot of the butchers in the market. So everyone will give him the best piece, and he will go home and kind of like marinate the beef and just put the beef there stew for like ten hours, and then、mm. you know the remaining juices for that specific stew will be used for next stew. So all the flavor will be concentrated and concentrated and concentrated. So you know, like as time prolongs, the richness of the beef is just very tremendous. And then I feel、wow. like that's something you can,、um, yeah, using a lot of different cuisines and dishes. You can put that beef into noodles. You can make that into stir with vegetables. You can put it into soup and then or you can eat it raw. Wow, that is amazing. It sounds so good. Yeah. What about you? Like when you're in New York City, what's kind of your favorite dish? Ooh, or restaurant. It depended on the year. Yeah, depends、I、on、think. the year. Okay. What about yeah, last so, year? Oh, last year.、Your、so last final... year I was in New York. Yeah. I was living on Sullivan Street, so right near McDougal. I guess you would say that. Well, given the variety, I would always either go out to one of the places on McDougal or Bleecker Street, or I'd order Uber Eats. And for Uber Eats, I would order Indian food or Persian food sometimes, like a biryani dish, or some kind of a rogan josh. Rogan josh is a Kashmiri dish, which is like tomato-based sauce with lamb chunks within it, and that was really good. And I would eat that、uh, traditional way with roti or chapati, some kind of a bread. So you scoop it up and you take a bite, and yeah, essentially just a lot of different foods like that. But of course, if I really wanted to treat myself, and I just needed something that was essentially reminiscent of home, or something that would remind me of home, I would go for Dos Toros.、Mm. Dos Toros is a Northern California-based company that's located on the East Coast, and they create all kinds of different, like California-esque.、Uh, I think it was like、uh, Cali Mex. Kind of food. It was like Mexican, Californian types of cuisine、mm-hmm. with like tacos and、uh, platos, which you have like rice and beans and meat and all those kinds of stuff. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah, it really. It's. I gotta say, it's re- really good. Considering that I grew up right next to Mexico and that I live actually right next to Tijuana, and I grew up all around like authentic、uh, Mexican cuisine and everything. It really does the job. It really is good. I really miss the Mexican food in Cali. They're、oh, they're、yeah. very good. Oh yeah, nothing compared to the food in Mexico, but it's good enough, I think. Oh yeah, because the thing about California, though, most the one thing most people sort of fail to understand is that California was a Mexican territory at one point. Before the United States had California as a state, it was known as Alta California, and that's why in Mexico today you have Baja California, and Alta California was the state of California as we know of it today. So all of this land used to be a part of Mexico、mm. before the Mexican-American War,、mm. and that influence has never really left. Even when you go up to the Bay Area, you'll still find hints of、uh, Mexican culture and sort of like the memories of when Mexico ruled this land through the missions, through the churches, and most of the cases just through the names. I mean, San Jose, San Francisco, Sacramento, and places like that. But the most part, or for the most part, if you want to find really authentic Mexican food without going into Tijuana or Baja, you got to go to Los Angeles. You got to go to San Diego,、uh, pretty much almost along the coast, and making your way south towards Imperial Beach, California. 
Okay, Alex. So, what do you think、um, is usually the people way for going out to go to food in New York City?、Um, from your、mm. perspective, compare and contrast between like NYC and then California, I will say, at your hometown.、Mm. Because I、mm. personally experienced that all the young people, and then of course, like people in the thirties, forties, fifties, they always go out to eat, and then、mm. outside dining is a really big thing right now. The same is in Shanghai as well. So young people, like literally, nobody cook a lot at home. To be honest,、mm-hmm. um, of course,、oh, yeah. home cooking is still a really big thing, but people usually go out. So what's kind、mm. of your observation, and what do you think about that? Well, I think for New York, you have the benefit of walking everywhere. Especially in Manhattan or in Brooklyn, you can walk around from restaurant to restaurant and be able to enter these places without having to worry about finding parking or driving or anything like that. In California, there's a lot more distance to cover. For example, if you want to go to a good restaurant or if you want to go to a good cafe, you have to get in your car and you have to drive to you have to drive like something like 15 miles, 20 miles, or something like that, and you have to find parking. You have to be able to Like pay the meter sometimes, and it's just a very long ordeal to get to the place and then go back. So sometimes, if there's a good restaurant in the city of San Diego, or just a good restaurant in San Diego area in general, you have to really like dress yourself up a little bit. You have to get there early. You have to wait for the reservation, wait for them to have your table. So it's a little bit more of a、uh, more more of a special occasion, so to say. And of course, there are certain times where you have these like quick, fast eateries, like In and Out, like Urbane Cafe, and places like that. Thankfully, now they have this option of doing、uh, app services. So if you have like the Urbane Cafe app, you can order your food, and they'll have it ready within like fifteen twenty minutes. You drive up, you pick up your food, and then you drive off.、Mm. That's pretty much the way it is in、uh, California, the way it is in Sa- San Diego. And it's all about driving, covering、yeah. that distance, and everything like that.、Mm, definitely, and I think in the city, as you said, people have the benefit to walk, walk everywhere.、Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing is to walk around the city and see what new restaurants are opened, and if there is a good occasion or like friend gathering, everything that we can just directly go there. Yeah, and、mm-hmm. in Shanghai as well, it's been really, really changing a lot for the cap- past couple of years. And there are way more new restaurants from like either the American restaurants or、um, Korean or Italians and all the other restaurants are like literally all launch in Shanghai. Brunch、mm-hmm. is also a big thing in Shanghai right now.、Ah, It is very、really? influenced by Australian culture and of course like the brunch culture in、um, America in general. So、ah. there are a lot of great, amazing brunch places, even better than a brunch in New York City, to be honest. Some、really? of them are really, really good, and they're creative. You know, in、wow. that kind of specific market, that restaurants are trying their best to literally beat each other, and they、mm-hmm. need to innovate. They need to understand consumer psychology. They need to understand what is the trend. So, if there is a big games going on, you know, like a really big popular game, probably there will be restaurant dedicated to that game. Like a game themed restaurant, or there will be like a special seasonal menu that dedicated to that game, or、mm. there will be、um, some activities or performance hosting, you know, in that restaurant related to Halloween or、um, Christmas, like all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, coffee、cool. culture are really really prominent in China right now, and I do remember、oh. about like three four years ago. It's not that 
authentic and everyone is drinking Starbucks. <laughs> mm. I personally don't like Starbucks, no offense, but um, yeah. I have a better pursuit of coffee that I realized that in New York City, of course, there are a lot of amazing cafeterias and um, coffee shops, but in Shanghai, I wouldn't be able to. But I do realize、mm. in the past, I will say three years, there are just so many amazing coffee places, and then they do a lot of creative menus. Some of them, they're even like more creative than that as in New York City. So yeah, I'm、mm. really impressed by、um, the development. Wow. So one question I want to ask is, how do people get around in Shanghai? Would you say Shanghai is like very much like a walkable city, like New York, so to say? Is there like a subway system?、And、yeah. The only reason I ask this is because. How people get around in these cities, like how people get around Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, even London, and even and I suppose Shanghai, is really determines how the restaurants will cater themselves to the audiences,、mm -hmm. and definitely it determines how, what kind of clientele or how the clientele is getting from place to place, so to say. That's a very important question. Yeah, totally valid. I will say yes, driving, walking, and train. Those、mm. are the three training subway <laughs>、um, in China, and I would say Shanghai is bigger than New York City. So in、mm. New York City, you can easily walk literally from downtown to midtown for about、mm. like thirty minutes or so. But in Shanghai,、um, yeah, the best way to get around is to take the train from one central place to another, and then walk around in that area. It's a little bit more like London. You know, there are、mm. too many great. Areas in the whole city, but they are not、mm. necessarily like that close to each other. So you do need to train, take the train for like about ten minutes, twenty minutes from one place to another,、um, and then you walk around、yeah. that place, which is also not、oh. bad. Very cool. And you said you went to school in、uh, Ningbo. Yeah. So I looked on the map, and Ningbo is actually quite a way south from Shanghai. I'd have to say, right? Yeah, you have to exactly. Cross a bridge, and then. Make your way to the city, and then you go back to Shanghai, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, my way, well, my home was actually in Ningbo right now, and then、ah. Shanghai just like I usually just commute, or I have just too many friends in Shanghai, so I kind of、mm. like travel back from two cities. But in Ningbo, it's a you can understand as a smaller version of Shanghai compared、mm. to Hangzhou. I think Ningbo is more chill and is more niche, is more chic.、Um, oh. There are people who have really good taste and then good. Appreciation for life. They build those really interesting live events, and then they have the really innovative mall going on. Not like the traditional mall in Hangzhou or Shanghai. Those are huge, big, but they have a really interesting way of going around with it. And then、mm. you can kind of explore the whole area. So it's a spatial exploration as well as food exploration as well as mall shopping exploration. It's very、mm. interesting. Yeah, so it's very much like、uh, Brooklyn compared to Manhattan, so to say, in terms of, like the New York area.、Mm, not really. I will say in China, the good thing is every city is more like a Manhattan. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I think not to the degree as totally Manhattan, but you can consider as you know half Manhattan. Um,、mm. so that's what I have in mind for Ningbo. So everything is very very developed, and then you can、mm. see. Tall buildings and then concentration for the buildings and density. Everything is pretty close to New York City, and Shanghai is even more, as you can imagine. Wow, it's very interesting. Yeah, I know for a fact that at least in San Diego and in Los Angeles, everything can be centered in one place, but there are so many centers 
depending for what you want. You have like downtown, oh, yeah, totally. Beverly Hills, mm. West Hollywood, mm. Santa Monica. In mm. San Diego is very much the same way. You got La Jolla, you've got Linda Vista, you got Coronado, Imperial Beach, mm-hmm. downtown, and all these places. But you always have to drive. There is no like subway system. There is no train system. Like there isn't anything that they would have in San Francisco. I think they have like the BART is what they call it. The mm-hmm. train that goes from like San Francisco to Marin, mm-hmm. to San Jose, to San Clemente. Mm-hmm. And I think even to Moraga in many cases. But yeah, there's nothing like that connecting San Diego and connecting Los Angeles. The only way to get places is with a car. Mm-hmm. And that's why you need to get a car with like good mileage and get a car that will last a long time. Because if you're driving a Ferrari down Los Angeles mm-hmm. freeways and everything like that, chances are you're going to run into Los Angeles traffic. And that Ferrari's mileage is something like two miles per gallon, three miles per gallon. And so you'll probably run out of gas if you go at a slower speed. Right. If you're stuck in the traffic and then you run out of the gas, that's the least thing you want to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right. In those cases, it's good to have the station wagon. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> 100%. So I will say um, the way people pay and also get around with bills are also really interesting to talk about because... Mm-hmm. In NYC specifically, of course, now we have Apple Pay, which is relatively pretty fresh. And usually people will pay with their credit card or their cash. Um, Mm -hmm. But the payment system in China got developed so tremendously for the past three years. For example, like before I ever head out to America and move here, I usually pay with credit card or um, Mm -hmm. maybe cash, right? But yeah. You know, about four years ago, the WeChat whole payment system got really developed. So whenever mm-hmm. you go to a restaurant right now, you scan the QR code and then you just pay. You pay from your app oh. and then the app will link to your bank account. And then the number will directly got deducted from your bank account. So wow. those methods are really, really popular in China right now. And mm. if I want to slip split bill with you, I can just split a bill with you. And we can have, you know, like mutual transfer system. And we will have some like um, bank that will have a specific uh, physical like a credit debit card. And then you can just use that card to, you know, use the remaining money from your bank account if your friends transfer you over. So, yeah, it's very interesting. And then you can always um, pay online. You can always view the menu online. So mm-hmm. it's been really convenient and quick. Even though like the most random food stand or fruit stand on the street, they will have a QR code for you to scan. They don't accept wow. cash anymore. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything went all the way digital. Yeah, I definitely remember watching an advertisement about WeChat. And in the advertisement, it was exactly how you described. I think when the actresses scanned a QR code to charge something to her WeChat or charge something to her bank account. It's really interesting to see how this sort of system developed within WeChat. It almost seems like one of those like multi-purpose Swiss Army knives. With you just have a thousand uses for it. Exactly, it's like one app for everything. You can literally exactly. book the movie tickets. You can book your house cleaning service. You can book your moving service. You can book your uh, dog grooming service, and then you can really? book your doctor insurance, car repair, everything. Wow. So it's like WeChat's your best friend if you were to go to China. Is your best friend. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, there are a yeah. lot of battle now between, um, you know, the WeChat. But I hope everything will work out. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. 
Yeah, I know for a fact that in the United States, we do have Apple Pay. But I gotta say, though, I'm more of a traditionalist. There is no substitute for cold, hard cash. Okay, so like, what's your mentality? I don't understand. Like, why would you stick to cash? I would stick to cash because I know that. I guess this could be something that could be a byproduct of the 2008 recession. If you have like credit and stuff in your bank, there's no telling exactly what will happen with the banks because the whole concept of banks is essentially so that. There's a finite number of bills that are being sort of sent through a society. So, like limited amount of coins, limited amount of dollar bills, and so forth. When you invest it or when you put it into a bank account, then essentially you're giving up money and you're storing it there, and the bank is giving you the money on credit.、Mm-hmm. And so you have this amount of money in your bank account, but this is all based on credit. If the bank is doing well, then they have the money. So that if you want to make a withdrawal, they can give you the money. But if the bank is doing poorly, it, at one point all the banks did poorly in two thousand eight, then they don't have any money to give to people. So people lose everything. It's the difference between having something that's there, that's physical, that you can feel in your hands, versus not having something that's there.、Mm. Now I'll use a credit card because when you use a credit card, you're able to keep track of your purchases. Mm-hmm. And you're able to get a receipt, and you're able to have everything like that.、Mm-hmm. But when you have cash, and when you have something like gold or something that's valuable, and particularly when you have physical assets that are valuable, then that's more of a surefire way. That's more of a safe way to hold on to your assets rather than keeping it inside a bank account. But yet, the thing about cash, though, and even though I I do enjoy cash, I don't still don't trust cash because. Cash right now is being determined by values. There's not like a gold standard or a silver standard anymore to a certain degree. It's more so that it's the way my dad always puts it. It's like an IOU. It's like the government owes you one dollar now.、Mm-hmm. And back in the 1930s or something like that, during the Great Depression, there was a time in Germany where a whole mountain of cash, a whole mountain of Reichsmarks, would be used to buy one loaf of bread. And we're talking about like. Dozens and dozens of stacks of bills, or bars, or bricks of dollar bills, were used to buy loaves of bread because the government didn't put any value to its currency. It didn't put any value to the paper money. But that's all the things about finance and everything like that. It's a very complicated process.、Mm. But as long as you have some physical asset that has value to it, like land or gold or something of that nature. Then that's probably the most surefire way of holding on to your wealth, so to say.、Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I can totally get where you're coming from. But me personally, I'm still like very tech driven, so I prefer <laughs> to pay everything seamlessly.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely good to go through things seamlessly. It's very efficient.、Mm. But one day, I'm definitely anticipating that when. Everyone has their money tied up in this invisible web. Then people can hack into their their stuff and then take the money without them knowing about it. And that sort of happens sometimes. Somebody will make a purchase, and you won't be the one making the purchase. Thankfully, the banks have a system to monitor such deals, to monitor such things. But all sometimes what it, it takes, sometimes all it takes is just somebody within the system itself to just corrode it all, to flip the wrong switch. And then everyone's life savings, everyone's fortunes are just tossed down the drain. So you, it's、mm-hmm. always good to just diversify, have other options.、Mm-hmm. And 
of course, I would not recommend going into the stock market. If you ever want to like save money or make more money with your money, stock stock market may not necessarily be the place to do it mm-hmm. because stock markets are always a gamble. It's like they go up, they go down, they go up, they go down, and you have to be really, really smart.、Mm, depends on how you use it and how you navigate about it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so those are all the ways that people pay their monies, and then like the way they deal with food, and also navigate around the city, and also just to interact with the restaurant, also food habits, food cultures, and food dishes. So those are the things. It's a very chill discussion for today, and I'm、mm-hmm. really looking forward to hear more of the different cultural backgrounds and then the food system that you guys are really interested in. Probably we、mm-hmm. can next time narrow down a specific cuisine and then tell more about it. Yes, and be sure to visit our pages on Facebook, visit our Instagram, check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. If you have any recommendations, feel free to send a direct message to us. And we hope you all tune in next week. Yeah, see you next week. Have a good weekend. Bye bye.